Hello there, and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Traumatic brain injury among our children, particularly the children that we love, we care for, we work hard with on a day-to-day basis, so they grow up to be good citizens, they succeed in school, they relate well to their friends, their peers, go on to college and become well situated in their society, their community, and become a citizen, a contributing citizen, and have a profession and occupation for which they are proud. That's our kids. But unfortunately, that doesn't happen to everybody. Unfortunately, we have a number of kids that live life with a brain injury. And as a result of the brain injury, they have a limitation in their functioning. You know, we now are coming to the mid-season in our summer, and school will be starting in about a month for many of our kids. That means it's football season. That means it's a season when our children are subjected to brain injury. Three million boys play tackle football in America every year. Now, it used to be four million, but because we have had so much research now done on the area of brain injury and brain integrity, that many parents are cautioning their kids not to play football in their early years. So it used to be 4 million, now it's 3 million kids that play regularly tackle football in the upper elementary school grades, the junior high school years, the high school years, and on into college. So we have a lot of kids that we put at risk, even though we love them, we care for them, and we work hard to uh, meet their needs and to bring them up to be contributing members to society. Now, we used to think that the most difficult aspect of football, or many sports for that matter, was a kid receiving a concussion, having his head hit the ground, having his head hit the head of another player, the head hitting some kind of an object, or whatever might be causing a concussion. As a result of a concussion, the kid then has learning problems. That's what we used to think. And a concussion was always defined as one that had a momentary blackout, we call it a ding, headaches, perhaps vomiting, maybe sickly, maybe weak for a brief period of time, dazed, and then probably did not play the rest of the game. That's concussion. But you know, we don't think that way anymore. It's not the concussion. Our research shows that it's much, much more subtle than a kid having a concussion that causes him to have brain injury. Now, when a person has brain injury, we're really talking about three different things. Some kind of an event that has affected the brain that creates a change in their temperament. We call that anxiety or depression or anger or impulsivity. And a change in their behavior such as being more aggressive, uh, lack self-control, and having cognitive problems, such as memory difficulties, confusion, learning problems of various kinds.
perceptual problems. Okay? So, when a kid has a concussion, that's what they result in, usually. But we're now we're finding that kids will have these same kind of neurological problems or ill effects, not from a concussion, but from what we call sub-concussive hits. Sub-concussive hits to the head or to the brain. Or we might just refer to this as a sub-concussion, if you will. A mild concussion. A mild head injury. A mild traumatic head injury. That's what we're focusing on now in our research. And what we're finding, much of this is being driven by neurology department at the uh, Boston University. But what we're now finding is that if a child plays football and has many repeated mild head injuries or mild head hits, he's going to experience the same neurological ill effect as if he had a major concussion. What we find is that the average kid that plays football is likely to have around 3,000 hits in the head in the course of his football career. And that most of these kids are playing from the ages of 7 to 18. That means they've had about 250 head hits per season. Okay? Per season. And what has happening on these smaller head hits, that the kid is not blacked out, not knocked out, but he has this trauma to the brain. Think of it this way. If you go to the grocery store and you go down the aisle of canned goods of various kinds and pick out a canned goods, say maybe a can of corn or a can of peas or something like that, and then just shake it end for end, okay? And you shake it real vigorously, okay? That's what happens to a brain in a sub-concussive injury. In other words, that head has been shaken. You're playing football, all of a sudden you get a sudden stop, a sudden hit to the brain, or to the head, I should say, or to the helmet. And that causes the brain within the skull, within the skull of the head, to be jostled back and forth in the same way that the corn would be jostled back and forth in a can of corn if you did that in the grocery store. 250 times per season. 300,000 times in a football career for kids. So what we're finding is that when that happens, that creates a chemical change within the brain itself and creates what we call tangles. This is when the brain chokes up, the cells of the brain choke up and can even cause death. But they certainly cause learning problems, emotional problems, temperamental problems, cognitive problems. So it's a major concern for every parent, major concern for every coach, it's a major concern for every school that provides a a team, a a football team, a, a football season, a football experience, you know, for their kids. So let's take a look at this idea of 250 hits to the head per football season for our kids. 
Now, why is that so important? Well, here's the deal. The research shows, and this is the Boston University again, this shows that every hit produces a 20 to 25 G hit to the head of the kid when he plays football and helmet goes against helmet and they hit each other and stop abruptly. That is about a car hitting a wall at 30 miles an hour. Okay? That's what happens to your kid. In other words, that brain has been traumatized over and over and over again to the point that many of these children experience permanent brain injury, traumatic brain injury, shown by cognitive problems, emotional problems, temperamental problems, learning problems. So it's a major issue, okay? In other words, that head is precious. And that head injures easily. Now what we have found in our research is that the children that play football early, that is before age 12, or let's just say before 14, just to say take a number. If they play football before the age 14, they're more likely, more likely, to have traumatic brain injury and perhaps permanent brain injury than if they started their football season and playing after age 14. So 14 seems to be a kind of a critical age. Now why is that? Well, here's the deal. Up until about age 20 to 25, the brain develops. And it's fully, fully developed at around age 20 to 25. Let's just say 25 to give the benefit of the doubt, okay? That's when the brain fully develops. And before that, the brain is in a constant stage of developing and improving. And it's very vulnerable. The brain is very subject to injury, subject to trauma subject to infection, and, and so on. Many of these kids have ADD, learning problems, attentional problems of various kinds, hyperactivity kind of problems, autism kind of problems, all kinds of brain kind of problems. And then we put them in a football uniform, put a helmet on them, and say, go out there and knock each other apart. Well, what happens is that that brain, 250 times per football season, gets traumatized and the accumulative effect on that creates this brain injury. To a brain prior to age 14 is in a major state of development. Now here's what happens in the brain in the, as a child. At around age 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14, and then a little bit beyond that, the brain is actually myelinating. That is, the nerves in the brain are creating a coating around it, kind of like the coating that is around a wire, electrical wire. And what we find is, is that that brain is now being protected by that coating around the various nerves of the brain. But if that brain is not yet fully myelinated, doesn't have that pr protective coating around the nerves, then those nerves are very, very vulnerable. Those nerves are very subject to being traumatized, damaged, injured, 
and then malfunction. It's after age 14, 15, and 16 that that brain then has the myelination, has the buildup of protection around the nerves, and it's more likely to sustain injury. It's more likely to tolerate injury. It's more likely to be resilient to head, to head injury. So here you are. Should we play tackle football before age 14? Perhaps not. Perhaps we ought to have a rule, have a law, if you will, <laughs> have an understanding, you know, have a school system that respects the science and says that before age 14, kids can play touch football, they can play flag, flag football. That means you carry around a ribbon or some kind of a rag and you're tackled when that rag is pulled, when that rag is touched or you are touched rather than to actually tackle and to actually put the head in jeopardy. So maybe before age 14, we ought to have a different kind of football, a different kind of soccer, a different kind of game where the head could be injured or traumatized in any kind of way. And leave the football game, the tackle football game, for grades higher than age 14 and beyond, where the brain is a little bit more stable, it has greater integrity, it has greater health, and it can protect itself. Or maybe we ought to not have tackle football at all before age uh, 14, 15, 16, uh, and wait until high school. Or maybe we ought to not have it until college, who knows. But we need to look at this issue of the integrity of the brain and whether we are putting the kid's brain at risk. And ultimately, the responsibility falls to dear old mom and dad. So you see, schools are in, comp are in competition with each other. Schools go after the money. Schools get paid for having a football team. Schools are paid for having a good football team. Schools are paid for having a football team that has a clashing head hit between players. So it's encouraged. But maybe dear old dad and mom need to take this step forward and say, nope, we don't play until we're 14. Or we don't play until we're 15. And until then, you can play touch football and you can play flag football. That might be the way they answer this particular dilemma. So here's the deal. Kids play football. That's true. Kids play games where their head is at risk. Even riding the bicycle. We've encouraged kids to have a helmet. Because when that head hits another head, or when that head hits the pavement, or hits the ground, or hits a tree, or hits some kind of an object, it's like a car hitting a wall at 30 miles an hour. And in football, that's done over and over and over again, 3,000 times per football season, I mean per football career. For a kid, 250 times per season. So we need to take the steps to protect our kids. If we're honest, we want our kids to grow up and to be good students, good workers, good employees, good friends, good marital partners, and so on. Maybe we need to step forward and protect their head when they're young a little bit more than we do now. So, Mom, it's up to you. Dad, it's in your ballgame. It's in your park. It's in your court. 
Do something about it. It's your kid. Take some steps. Read the research on this. Read the studies on this. Talk to neurologists about this. Not every doctor, no. Neurologists, those that study the brain and that are experts on the brain. Your neuropsychologist. Talk to a neuropsychologist and get advice before you move on into football with your young kid. You know, it's interesting that what we do is we have a medical sheet before a kid plays a sport, and we say, here, go to your doctor and have him fill it out. And the doctor checks your pulse and your blood pressure and things like that, whether you can walk straight or not. But they don't do a neurological examination. They don't do a study of the learning disabilities and the neurological disabilities that that kid may have and will obviously have after he plays football or will worsen if he plays. We need the medical sheet that says, go to your neuropsychologist and be evaluated and see if you can risk playing football before age 14. If you have a learning impairment, if you have ADD, you have any kind of neurological disorder, coordination of some kind, I would say wait until you're at least 14 before you put yourself into a football. Let your brain develop. Let your brain myelinate. Let your brain develop a protective coating around all the nerves. And then you'll be in a much stronger position to not only play well and to think and to plan and to strategize, but also be able to take the hits and survive them. So, this has been the Psychology Report looking at traumatic brain injury. And the issue is not a concussion. The issue is subconcussive traumatic hits to the brain on a repeated basis over time. That's what the problem is, and that's what our kids suffer from when they play football, that kind of brain injury. As parents, let's band together and let's do what we need to do to make sure our kids are safe, our kids have fun, but our kids are preserved for the future, so they are well prepared to be a learned kid, to be a well-organized kid, to be a well-prepared kid, to be a good worker, to be a good husband and wife, you know, to be a good employee, a good citizen, and one that is in good health, neurologically and in all other ways as well. Anyway, nice to have you with me, and thanks for joining in, and uh, pick up my book from my website. The book is Doctor, Teach Me to Parent. These kind of issues are talked about. So go to my website, www.booksbyhedberg.com. Bye for now.